Are you ready? Hola amigos, this is Santa Rosa and thank you for listening to Shout of Wrestling and tonight we're going to talk about my MMA experience, my NWA experience and of course the talk of the night everywhere I go, my dog Drago. So stay tuned and listen to this awesome podcast. Family, welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you're ready and willing, I'm able. And if you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on a shot of wrestling hotline now we say it's time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today today is no different today we are joined by someone who has been on my list of people to interview for a very long time ladies and gentlemen this female needs no introduction thunder rosa welcome to shot of wrestling hi guys how long you we are doing really well because, like I said, I've been watching your career blossom in the last few years. And just to hear your name everywhere, it, it's nice. It's a pleasure to see someone who's very hardworking, who is very humble, and lets her body of work speak for itself. Looking at your career yep. when, you early, yep. when you got started to where it is now, is there anything that you would change? I, you know what? I think um, every step that we took... Not fucking we, because like it's my husband and I, we're always together working on this and making mistakes, doing this and that. I don't think we would have changed anything because it, it made us or it made me like now who I am as, as a competitor, as a wrestler. And now, you know, I soon to be professional MMA fighter. And what are those moments in, in your life that have made you who you are? Uh, let's see. Losing $3,000 when I first signed up for school. Then um, feeling like I was not getting the support that I needed, I think that uh, that was like a big time for motivation for for us to like grind harder. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry, drug was like always in my interviews complaining about something. <laughs> Well, you know, we we're, we're, there's many topics we're going to talk about today. Drago is yes. one of our topics. What's it love Punk at him. first sight? You know. Dude, I didn't pick him. It was my husband's like, that's him. I like him. I like it because I like a beagle, a uh. female beagle, like a really pretty one. And she was like, no, she's too diggity or you we just pick him. And I was like, I, and he didn't like to play. He was just really quiet. And now it's been a year and now he's bitching all the time. <laughs> he wakes me up at 7.30, like literally in my face at for me to take him out or like if I come like really really late like there's been occasions where I have had no sleep I just need to come a couple uh, sleep a couple hours and then get in the, at the airport he will whine and whine and whine until I take him out 
and he just want to go outside and play. And I'm like, mother, it's three in the morning. <laughs> like, so right now he's like attentively sitting, waiting for my husband to give him some peanut butter and a snack. Dogs just freaking but, love peanut butter, though. Oh, yes. I used to have dogs all, for for a long time. Then uh, when my son was born, my dog passed away, which was a very hard thing for me. But it also kind of wasn't a blessing because I had no idea how I was going to take care of a newborn. And a dog, like you said, you have to walk them and they kind of get used to your schedule. How does your dog get used to your schedule? Because I could only imagine it's not a frequent thing every day. You know, he knows what I'm leaving. Like, he gets super needy. And then he starts, like, crying because he wants me to take him out before I leave. And, um, uh, or, like, he sits on my stuff, on my mm. merchandise. And it's so embarrassing because, like, every time I give him merchandise, like, there's a dog hair everywhere. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> But he's just, like, he's a little baby. And I'm like, and all my friends are like, you're such, he's such your baby. Like, he loves you. Like, and he really does. Like, he will attack everybody in the house but me. New York. It's a very pet-friendly kind of area, unless you have an apartment. But... In New York, I, I find it really interesting because people have like dog walkers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, don't have a pet if you're going to have someone else do the dirty work for you. You know, do you enjoy your walks with your dog? No. <laughs> Maybe you need a dog walker. No, he's just sometimes he talks too much. He likes to pull and like he likes to do his own thing. And, you know, sometimes he's like really cool. When we used to take him to a, a dog park, he like be doing his own thing and stuff. So that was fun. But then when we take him to a new place, he has a, a problem with anxiety. I mean, he's a rescue dog, so he has a lot of anxiety problems. And try not to take him out when there's a lot of people or a lot of noise because he gets freaked out. Like my neighbors, every time my little neighbors, I have like three girls that are na- my neighbors and they're always playing in the hallway. He's terrified of the girls. If the girls are on the hallway, he will not get up or he will not leave. And mm-hmm. I have to ask the girls, girls, can you go inside that apartment? I need to get the dog inside. Oh, man. He will not. Yeah, he's terrified of a girl, That's which is kind of funny. Well, I, I do want to touch a little bit on this topic because my dogs have always been rescue dogs, and I love that your dogs is too. There's so many great dogs, great pets out there, you know, need a second chance at life, need someone to love them and care for them. So if you are interested in getting a pet, you know, definitely rescue in my suggestion is the way to go. And I love that yours is a rescue too. Where did the name Drago come from, I wonder? Well, you know, I was done with Lucha Underground, and um, and I really loved season three when I was, like, dragging Drago from a mm. chain, and then I told, I told my husband, I was like, man, I really, like, you know, want to name him Drago, but let's let's put a couple of names on you, on, on Twitter and see what the people say. Yeah. Like, with Drago, Lucilla, Dater, and Drago was, like, number one. A lot of people thought it was because of Rocky, but it's not because of Rocky. It's because of Drago, the wrestler. It's like, I feel, like, still empowered that I can drag him around, and I'm the, still the queen, and he's my ser- servant. <laughs> now, before you got into uh, wrestling, your life was a very structured life. You know, you got into wrestling a little bit later, like when most people would have said, you know, I've been watching wrestling all my life. I've always wanted to be a wrestler. This is what I was born to do. You may have been in that, like, I think your family was definitely into Lucha Libre, but you yourself were you inspired early on by wrestling? Yeah. I mean, wrestling was uh, definitely a getaway from my uh, normal life. Uh, I used to be a social worker and I used to work in a really stressful place. So every every first Friday of the month, my husband and a couple of friends will go to like this show called Hood Slam, which is still running in Oakland. And it was just like, 
madness, just like it was craziness. And I was just always getting into it with the wrestlers. And, and we sit on the same corner and like everybody knew knew us because we were always be sitting there and having fun. And then one day my husband was like, maybe you should start being a wrestler. And I was just like, nah, man, you're crazy. He's like, nah, for real. And then we went to see a show because my, one of my friends, Donovan Troy, who's still uh, doing um, ring announcing and, and managerial stuff in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. he was doing ring announcing for APW in Hayward, California at the garage. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, not before. at all. But fill me in. Um, yeah, you should go on, online on YouTube and YouTube is. <laughs> <laughs> like Younger used to go there. Be, oh, watch Beyond the Mat, the documentary. Oh, yeah, the yeah. guys. Yeah, that guy, he was the owner, passed away. So I went to a regular show because the Hood Slam is kind of like more like fuck the fans, do this. It's like everybody gets wasted and have fun. And uh, it was very entertaining. That's what I loved because it was a lot of entertaining more than um, the wrestling part. Then I went to APW and I was like, holy Jesus, like this wrestling is is legit, you know. Um, And I did a tryout and I actually was like, damn, I can, I think I can do this. Mm. So uh, I got hooked. It was like a drug, you know. My husband gave me the get- getaway drug. <laughs> I got hooked at IPW, and that was it. Wow. How did you guys meet? Because, you know, your husband's coming up along this conversation a lot. And I love the fact that, you know, you're talking about you and the wrestling business as decisions that you guys as a family are making. And that's really important to me because, you know, we're just getting our feet wet in in the business and getting to meet everybody. And I always ask, you know, how do you guys balance it? I mean, I always say that when wrestling is over, he was he still he will be still with me before wrestling. He was with me. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, like we're gonna be together. Like it's that's one thing I always say because like sometimes wrestling like uh, makes the, uh, people grow apart, you know, and yeah. like that's really hard. And um, we've heard a lot just, of stories like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Like people been together for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden one day they're just like, yeah, I'm done, and then they're like start dating all the people, and and it's over. Um, I'm like I'm really glad that I've married my best friend, and we're best friends, and. When there's like important decisions that need to be made, like we talk about them and we're like, all right, like with all the stuff that's been happening in my career right now, everything happened at the same time. You know, like Combat America's like contacted me, then like WWE contacted me, then like NWA contacted me. And then we were just like, holy shit, what are we going to do? You know, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, so we balance everything out and like we make the decisions on doing certain stuff, but some stuff didn't pan out, but what the decisions that we make right now are the best for our family because we don't have to move. My son doesn't have to move to another school. You know, that's another thing because we just got him like two years ago and we don't want to disrupt him. He's training. He's like, he's making friends. He's, he's building community. We're also building community, um, you know, with, with our own stuff, like with my school now with the MMA and now uh, Brian and, and my friend Jeremiah running Mission for Wrestling and in here. So it's like, that's a lot of stuff. So you got to think about it. And yes, it might not be like we're not getting rich or richer or whatever, but we're happy, you know. So also the, the decisions that we make, it, it's because they're going to make us happy. Yeah, well, let's get right into those decisions because they were big decisions. Combate America, MMA. Now, you've followed the sport of MMA for times. You've been in love with jiu-jitsu for a very long time. Where did that love for competition come in? I think of the fact that my parents never let me do any sports. Really? Oh, you know how to do sports? Yeah. The only time I did sports when I was like in third grade, 
I went like consistently to basketball practice by myself because my parents never took me. So I walked to uh, basketball court. It was just like a like a community thing, and the guy was a volunteer, and I really really enjoyed. it. I was like one of the most enjoyable things that I did when I was when I was like nine ten, and then. In Mexico, not, not all the schools have PE. So when I moved to this place, they had PE. So I was in, I fell in love with sports. I was like, man, this is fun. Because I used to always play in the streets with my friends. Mm-hmm. But never, like, organized sports or, like, learn how to do, do like, a, a regular thing. Besides soccer, because everybody plays fucking soccer in Mexico. Yeah. So I didn't want to play soccer. So um, I did that. And then middle school, I wanted to do the same thing. But because of X, Y, and Z, I was never able to compete. But I was athletic, but I was, like I said, never able to compete. When I was able to compete was when I was in high school in Mexico. But because I had to work to take care of my family, I was not able to make it to the training. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I was not able to go and do, like, soccer because that's the only thing that I thought. Well, that's the only thing that was available. It was soccer or I think it was porras, which is, like, um... What's that? A, a, no, no, no. What is cheerleading? Okay. Like cheerleading? Yeah. Cheerleading? Like competitive that, cheerleading? Yeah, but I wasn't going to do cheerleading, man. Like, you didn't have money for that stuff. So, yeah, uh, that support is expensive, once, too. No, so, so once I moved to the United States when I was a senior, and we had to have PE for a whole year, I was in heaven. I was like, man, I learned how to, like, lift weights. They introduced me to, like, different sports. Again, I was allowed to do stuff like that, and I was, like, in awe. And then in college, I was able to take sports, like, a class, so I can learn from zero to 100, like, what to do. Like, I, I took tennis. I learned how to swim. I took volleyball, soccer. I, I learned how to do all the sports that I want to do at an older age. Uh-huh. So, yeah, like, it was it was so much fun. And that's how, like, I became so competitive. Then once I was able to do um, wrestling, it just, you know, it just, my, my love for, for sports in general grew so much more. And, like, the fact that I was able to, like, sculpt my body the way that I wanted to by doing, by dieting, by learning about the body, by learning about mm-hmm. body mechanics. But, you know, investing in, in, in a dietitian and a trainer, Alberto Sevilla from Mexico, you know. Um, then I started through a, a friend that was a wrestler, too. He introduced me to jiu-jitsu like two and a half years ago, and I really enjoy it. I tried it in Oakland, but I never, mm-hmm. like, really uh, stick to it because I was traveling a lot. And here I was just, I don't know, I like the people at the gym. And then I just started going and stuff, and it's just like the fact that you earn every stripe and every belt and everything by hard work. They don't give it to you. You you have to go. You have to show up. You got to show the work. You got to, you know, you got to show that you know these things. And, like, you know, getting, for me, getting a, a belt, like your blue belt, your purple belt, your brown belt, is like getting a championship belt. Mm-hmm. But that's the way you earn it, you know. And, like, an MMA, man, being in the cage something else. It's just, like, just such a rush of, like, adrenaline. And just, like, you get 15 minutes to be freaking wild and and you know they give you pretty much a license to kill <laughs> you know, which is technically what it is so um but it's so much consistency and it's so much dedication and there's no shortcut for this for this sport at all um like i've learned so much about myself i learned so much about your limits like mental spiritual physical it's like it's, it's incredible emotional. oh my I god dude yes it is like when you're, especially now, and you, when you're cutting, cutting, and you're like mm-hmm. exercising, like absolutely, like insane person, because you want to be and perform at your best when you get in the cage, it's 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 so important. And, and like some days, man, is like you're battling with yourself because you're like, man, I'm hungry, but I gotta perform, I gotta learn this, and I gotta get it. 
but it's beautiful because there's so many different um, things that you can do. You know, you Muay Thai, you know, boxing, grappling, jiu-jitsu, uh, like all this is like in encompassed in, in MMA. So you're just not learning one thing. You're learning several different things, you know, so it's beautiful. And then the, the relationships that you build with other people, that wrestling brought to me, you know, and now it's they're like involved with MMA. It's just like, it's so beautiful. I have not, everybody's been like super supportive, you know, from, you know, especially my, my fans and other sponsors from, from, from wrestling. And now that I'm jumping into MMA, it's been pretty freaking awesome. So with MMA now, is are you going to be creating a balance between MMA and wrestling, or are you going to be more focused with your MMA career? It is a balance. Um, that's another thing that I, I like about this, is I'm able to continue with my wrestling career, you know, because this is just going to build more into into both, you know, like being able to do both and, 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 um, and perform is it's very important. Um, and now I am jumping into the next, question that you're probably going to ask me mm-hmm. and WA um, NWA came at the right moment at the right time on my lap it was um, so I had to make a decision between becoming a, a referee for WWE okay or signing the contract for Combat America and then I was going to go and do the tryout for a referee position mm-hmm. but Dorian happened and my flights kept getting um uh, reschedule. Uh-huh. So my tryout get canceled. And that was a sign for me to be like, nope, it's time for me to wow. fight. Like I was already putting all the time into a fight and I want to fight. Yes, for some people, it might be like a stupid decision because you like sacrificing the stability and you're not going to the E. How come? But that's not my passion. You know, I'm pretty, I prob- probably I would have been one of the greatest ref- Mexican referees ever in the history of WWE, but that's not what I'm in this world for. And I know the universe, God, my higher power put that in there and, and made Dorian pass through Florida so I can make a decision that is going to make me happy and is like cha- it's going to challenge me mentally, physically, and spiritually. And that's becoming an MMA fighter. And and then NWA knock on my door and be like, hey, you want to be part of NWA? And I was just like, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um it's it's just like being patient. That's like another thing about you know, like jujitsu. Uh, you got to be patient sometimes, and just like patient, 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 like, and then strike at the right moment. So that's what happened with with NWA. I've been in talks with uh, David Lagana for a while, and he was just just be patient, just be patient, just be patient. Mm-hmm. But you hear that so much in professional wrestling that you're just like, oh, man, yeah. man, nothing's gonna happen, man. Like, like so many times people give me like the oh yeah, man, like we're gonna work on on making you a star, blah 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 blah, like. When I was in Lucha Underground, you know, it's like one of the things that I stuck to with them for so long because I thought this was going to take me further than I thought. And, like, it didn't pan out the way that I thought because, again, it wasn't my character. It wasn't Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. And um, NWA wanted Thunder Rosa. They didn't want anybody else. They didn't want uh, Serpentine. They didn't want Cobra Moon. They wanted Thunder Rosa, which is, like, huge for me and for my husband because we've been working on this character, which is technically me, but... We've been working on this character for so long, and we've been rejected so many times. And yes, everybody's like, oh, yeah, she's a great wrestler. Oh, my God, she's a great performer. But nobody ever gave me a platform as Thunder Rosa to shine, you know, to show Mm -hmm. who I really am and what I've been working on for the last seven, eight years, you know. 
and and NWA came at the right moment at the right time and like when we saw that the introduction of Thunder Rosa and NWA it like it gave me the chills and like a couple of my my really close friends were like man I watched that and it just gave me the chills I'm so proud of you like this is like that Thunder Rosa we want to see like a badass Thunder Rosa so I'm like you want to cry you know and like Billy Corgan has been like really supportive on social media he's been like mentioning me and how like proud they are um, about me it's uh, awesome man you know going into like MMA and then like being being part of uh, the, the the crew because I mean not everybody can do this man it's just a lot of work and it's just like a lot of commitment and um and I'm really happy that NWA is giving me that that platform and like I mentioned in one of my posts today this is like one of my friends when I when I was in, in Georgia, he, he's a big, big wrestling fan. And he's like, you know, the NWA created and built legends of wrestling. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I hope I become one. And he's like, not, not, you're not hoping you will become one because you are an NWA. And I was like, oh, that just hit me, you know? And speaking so, of like legendary people. Um, and you becoming that legendary person. That word legend is also a responsibility as a role model. And I think you're doing something big, not just for you and your family, but I think you're, you're going to be breaking barriers for women in the sport of wrestling. Was it hard for you as a woman to get into the mix in a male-dominated sport? I'm going to tell you, being a woman of color is hard mm-hmm. as it is, you know, and just in regular, in regular life. Because people look at you with a different lens, I will say. Um, and I have an accent, you know. I'm not even with America. someone with your heritage, like you know, Lucha Libre lives very big Dude, in Mexico. Said, okay, first of all, that that's one of the things that pissed me off when I started wrestling. I wanted to be seen as a wrestler, like American wrestler. I trained American wrestling. I went to an American school, and mm-hmm. I go to Japan. They're like, "You're doing lucha," and I just look at them. I'm like, "Do I look like I do lucha?" Like, just because I speak Spanish and I hang out with my friend that wears a mask doesn't mean that I'm a luchadora. Right. You know, but then right there and there, I learned that there was going to be those stereotypes mm-hmm. in, in the business, you know? So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to learn lucha, you know? So I bit my tongue and, like, I was so against it. I didn't want to wear a mask for on purpose because I wanted to, you know, you're, like, in a conflict. You want to be American, but you're not really American. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, well, I have to do what I got to do. So I ended up doing lucha and, like... But then that opened doors for me to be in Lucha Underground. And I had to learn Lucha. And I learned Lucha, and I love it, and I, I have a lot of fun. But I'm more of now, I'm more of a hybrid wrestler, you know? And um, and, and just, like, going back to your question, yeah, it, it, it was difficult, man. It was difficult. Because also, I'm, 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 I like to speak my mind sometimes. And because I'm very passionate, and because of my accent, people think I'm mad all the time, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh so yeah, like I I noticed that some people will get some opportunities, and I noticed that also their um the genetic genetic mate is not a person of color, mm-hmm. let's say. And I'm gonna start from the top. There is almost no women of color on top that are champions at all. Yeah, you're right. Look at every single promotion right now. Maybe the in AEW the Japanese girl, but that was it. But look at every single promotion and tell me, is there a Mexican-American? Is there an African-American? Is there a Chinese-American as a champion? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right there, right there and then, I know that we're at a disadvantage. So I have, being a woman, 
and being a woman of color as a disadvantage. However, NWA has shown right now that has like the most diverse women locker room. Yeah. Most of them are we are all from different um, backgrounds, but we're a lot of us are Latina, you know, which is weird to see, and we're like Latin, we're on top, which is like so empowering, and it feels so good that for the first time I'm like, oh, she looks like me. It feels cool. Oh, she looks like me. This is pretty freaking cool. Besides being a uh, a lucha show, you know, this is an mm-hmm. American show, so that is that is pretty cool. So I have to give it to to NWA mm-hmm. for bringing more women of color into into the mix. So um, with that said, I think I'm done with it. <laughs> is there any difference in NWA since the environment looks different? You know, being in a studio. And yeah, you don't come out with music. It's like you are there to showcase who you really are and to bring the presence before you get in the ring. You know, so it's like a lot of people are like, oh, man, that's, that's kind of weird. No, that's not weird. That's when you know if you can work the crowd or not. And you go through the lens, you know, it's like it goes through the lens. It's just like you come out and look at people and, and, and just like connect immediately or not, you yeah. know. So for me, it was like just bringing my presence and my character and my charisma in there, you, you know. You, you, uh, have a very, and then doing, you have a very nice character, too, I have to say. We saw you at Shine when you and Holiday get together as the Twisted Sisters. And it's something that communicates to the audience from the way you look, you present yourself, the high energy as soon as you get through the current, which is freaking awesome to feel that as a wrestling fan. Um, what has been the evolution of your character? What are some of the things that you've paid attention to and said, you know, I'm going to tweak this. I'm going to work this out a little bit differently to be who you are today. Uh, well, at first I did no makeup. So it was Melissa Cervantes, but in Santa Rosa, it didn't really work out very well. I mean, I, I connected with a lot of fans, but I think the face paint after Japan and the resemblance of, or the representation of, of what the face paint means, like that really made a connection. And then also I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people say this, uh, my physical appearance, because I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm short, I'm like a little, I'm petite, mm-hmm. but I'm jacked. And I've always been like super anal about being in shape because I am a professional wrestler. That means I am a professional athlete. So I take that very, very serious. Very, very serious. And I think feel like people were like, man, you're like the most in-shape person in the room. And I was just like, yeah, that's exactly right, because I'm a fucking professional wrestler. Yeah. Um, so that, and then um, it's just like... So how does it make you feel when, like, that's not the norm in professional wrestling? You know, I think in the last few years, you've seen a lot of male wrestlers probably be the most out-of-shape guys out there. Well, I'm not going to do body shaming, you know, because right now there's a lot of like, oh, yeah, it's my body shaming. Yeah, everybody's different. Everybody has different bodies. It's fine. But for me, I take I take this, like I said, I did, didn't do sports when I was young. And I took this at heart when I was training at APW Goldmine. Mm-hmm. They made us train without our shirts on because they wanted to make sure that we noticed the difference in our bodies when we started and then when we debuted. Because if you work on your body, that means like you care for, your, for, for yourself. And I think um, that gives you longevity in just in life, you know. This is a very taxing sport. You have to be on top of your game because if you don't, like, you can have, like, really, really serious injuries, you know. I think, um, thankfully, like, uh, being in, in a decent shape, like, really helped me to, like, uh, overcome some of the injuries that I had, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. and like, the more that I'm learning right now about the body, about uh, uh, nutrition, about everything, it just makes me more uh, conscientious about my future, 
as 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 a woman, as a mother, you know, and, and as a professional a professional athlete. So um, yeah, it is. I mean, it's sad, but you know, pe- people see this sport in a different ways. Some people see it as entertainment. Uh, some people see it as a as a real thing. I always, I mean, it for me is a, as a mixture of both. You do have a great body, and looks like you put a lot of time into it. If someone wanted to have a body like you and be jacked, what are some of the things that you would advise us to do? What is your well, training I'll, schedule? Well, right now it's, it's it's not the norm. I mean, I'm cutting weight for a fight. Mm-hmm. I train about between three to six hours a day, depending on the day. Wow. I eat really clean. You can ask my husband, do I eat junk food? Never eat junk food. Does he eat Um, junk food? Oh, this uh, my son and my husband, they are on another diet. You know, I cook my meals and then I cook food for them. So um, that's another thing. Because I'm trying to get in shape, but my wife over (laughs) here, she, I feel like she don't even care that I'm even going to be trying, you know, like she, she loves junk food. She loves uh, sour cream and onion chips. She loves Twinkies, no, and she keeps that shit all around. No, I, I do I do the grocery shopping, so I do not bring junk food in this house. Like, if my husband wants to have snacks, he has, like, caramel or chocolate rice cake and peanut butter and protein bars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bring junk food because I am a junkie. Like, I love to eat, like, rancheritos, chicharrones, cacahuates, uh, like, a Mexican candy. I like raspados. Put that on uh, everything. I like ice cream. I I like everything, you know. And and if it's in the house, I eat the whole bag. And like that's not good because you know, uh, you know, my son loves junk food too. So um, if they eat junk food, it's not at the house, and mm-hmm. uh, that's not it's not because of me. But um, it is it is tough to cut weight because everybody be eating or they be sending me pictures of what they eat, oh and gosh, I'm just yeah. like, well, you're you're messed up. But yes, like I will say, uh, do your research. And see what works for you. I will recommend to, uh, if you can afford it, to get a nutrition and somebody that's really, really good and can mm. help you. Just with, like, uh, educate, educating yourself on how to eat and what to eat. Because that's important. Not to limit yourself on not eating, like, things that you like. But start cutting on things that you know are not very good for you. And replace them with things that you might like and you want to eat. And that's one thing a lot of people don't like is, like, you will eat, be eating the same thing over and over again mm. and they're like oh my god it's the same thing the same thing i'm not i love my avocados i love my spinach i love my fruit when i can have fruit i love tuna i am really blessed that my mom used to have or make a lot of different foods at the house i first i didn't like them when i was little but now i enjoy them like eggplants like chickpeas what else I think your taste buds kind of get adjusted to the healthy food. Like, cause I'm starting to feel that change. Like before, like I would come home and I would crave like potato chips or like nacho cheese. And now like the, as I'm starting to eat a little healthier, like I'm starting to crave (laughs) different things and I'm starting to crave more like, you know, I can't wait to like have a salad, like just that crunchy freshness or eat an apple. So I feel like taste buds kind of adjust themselves to you. Yeah, I mean, you're going to crave for those things. I crave for sugar all the time. Like, I love sugar. I love candy. But I can't have it right now. I mean, I have, like, sugar-free yellow, you know, with whipped cream. And that calms my my sugar my sugar thing. And right now I'm, like, drinking tea like crazy. Like, crazy. So, um, it's, like, you just have to, like, change certain things. And, like, you again, it's, like, you can do flexible eating. And where you eat the things that you like, but you eat them in like small quantities. And it's all about like balance. Yeah, that's the hardest thing for me. But 
uh, I wish you the best in, in like, you know, this training for this big fight coming up. What else is going on in your mind? You're trying to cut weight. Um, is MMA going to, since you're a professional wrestler crossing over, are you going to bring some of that wrestling style, like the pageantry about the entrances or, you know, the way you look or that kind of entertainment factor into MMA? Or is it just going to be mostly focused about the fight? No, the fight is going to be the fight. That's no question about it. But I don't know. I'm going to let you guys figure it out. You have to see, <laughs> you have to watch the way in and you have to watch my entrance. But, uh, I mean, we thought about everything. Uh, my husband already put, posted the banner on my social media and he has my face painted in there with all the, uh, sponsors and, you know, the school that I train with, which uh-huh. I'm like really blessed with all the people that sponsor me for this fight camp without their, their help, their financial support. Believe me, it would have been a little bit harder because it takes, it costs a lot of money, you know, recovery, like, Boxing gloves, like wraps, clothes, food for travel that is crying right now. Um, <laughs> my back, like backpack, because I have to get everything. I didn't have like the right equipment, so it's it's expensive. So um, again, I cannot stress how thankful I am for all the people that believe in me. No matter what happens, they support me one hundred percent. If we wanted to support you, uh, let us know. How could we do that? Well, you can find my merch in Big Cartel. One, my shirts from my fight are coming up. I only made 30, so you can totally support me on that. Oh, um, exclusive. Then, I like that. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, I accept donations. You know, um, some of my fans, they didn't want to be named on, on as a sponsors, but they were very kind enough to, like, give me a certain amount of money for mm-hmm. whatever I needed, you know, which, you know, that moves me. And, and I'm like, there's, like, three or four occasions in this interview that I wanted to cry because, it's like, you don't understand how great it feels when people care so much for you that they will sacrifice their little money that they make working to help you out to achieve your dreams, you know? It's so like it's you're like, fighting for everybody, you know? It's like you yeah, build this yeah. network and it's like, you know, this is for us. And I, I that's what I love about the indie circuit too because that's what it feels like, you know, when we see you guys perform and, you know, we're buying your merch, we're supporting you online, it's like, you know, you're doing this for us. So you're going into that cage for us. Yes, I am. And um, it's just, I, I've bought it. I, I feel, sometimes you can feel like a lot of pressure, but it's like, I feel like it's a blessing, you know, because people are like there when you don't even know they're there for you. So um, it's been so sweet. Like last weekend, two weeks, two weekends ago, I went to PA and there's this guy, he's been one of my main followers since I, before I started wrestling, his name is Dwayne and he came and then he just gave me the biggest hug and he's like, I am so proud of you because I've seen you grow from when you were not a wrestler to now and just being part of your journey and you allowing me to be part of your journey. Yeah. It makes me so proud of you, you know, and like stuff like that. And I have a couple people like that and then, and, and, um, I send them like, thank you letters sometimes. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's so like, cool. No, it's just, a lot. I feel. I, I feel like a lot of times when we're becoming entertainers, because we're we fear that people are gonna be stalkers or whatever. We try to keep it our distance from some some fans. But some of the fans have become like literally like family. When mm-hmm. I'm like stranded in places, like I've been like I ended up like crashing crashing at their house. You know, when because they didn't give me a freaking hotel room or something. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. This lifestyle is rough. Some days I've been sleeping. I was sleeping in the Hilton or uh, the Millennium. In downtown LA, there's a five star hotel with you know money for food and everything. The next day, I'm sleeping on somebody's floor with no money to eat. You know, so I'm gonna keep it real. Like this, I I was doing that like this year because this is how much I wanted. You know, and um, like 
when I started with MMA, like I was going to my friends in LA, training with them, like sleeping in my car, sleeping in my friend's house, like because I want this and I want to get better, you know, it's just like I will do anything. My family will sacrifice anything. My husband has sacrificed so much for me for, for me to train. Like my son, I don't even see my son sometimes. I see my son like half an hour before he goes to sleep and then I'll say, All right, cool, I'll see you tomorrow. You know? So it's like it's a lot of sacrifice and yeah, people don't tough. understand that. So what's left on your bucket list then, whether professionally or personally? You know, you've gotten those calls from WWE. Have you gotten those calls from AEW? No, no. Um, right now, like I said, I, I'm going to leave it to the to the universe. Um, I always I speak things to the universe and things happen. But mm-hmm. um, um, right now I'm sticking with NWA and I'm going to stick with them for a, for a little bit. You know, um, like I said, um, I'm a pretty loyal person until... I noticed that things are not going well for like the company or like things don't work well. And, and it's time for it. That's when you, it's time to you, for you to bow out gracefully. So, um, but right now, man, like I cannot tell you like how happy I am with NWA, with Billy Corden, with Lagana. Like they have been nothing more supportive. They give me the greatest feedback. Um, they're open for, for ideas and stuff like that. And like, and the, the pr- product is something completely different than what it is in, you know, on the market right now, yeah, which makes me very excited. It was like when I was in Lucha Underground, we were so much different than everybody else. So, yep. You know? I was just going to mention that. It's, I feel like you're hitting all these promotions right at the right time, you know, right when they're, they, they're not these big corporations, but it's like, you're part of making them big. Like your name, you lending them your name is making that promotion bigger, you know? So could only hope to see what's going to happen when you get into that cage. It is a shot of wrestling. So last question, we want you to share with us the best time you've either had with a shot or in wrestling. Uh, no, I don't have, I don't, I don't drink very much, but in wrestling, man, there's, I have so many, like so many, but I will say Japan always never let me down, man. Like <laughs> my last war, I was so excited. Not only because I was going to wrestle out there, but I was because I was going to see my friends. So before I had a show that I have to wake up at 8 in the morning, my dumbass thought it was a great idea to go to a disco bar where you have nothing but 45-year-olds to, like, 70-year-old people from Japan, oh drunk gosh. as hell, um, <laughs> dancing. I can't believe that live. exists. That's awesome. But, dude, it was, it was awesome. Live dancing and drinking and listening to, like, live disco music. And I knew every single song in that place. And my friend was like, how do you know all this music? And I just looked at him and I said, my husband grew up in the 70s. So, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, like, everybody's super hammered. It's, like, 1130. And then we have to go running, catch the train. Otherwise, I will we'll have to, like, sleep on a karaoke place. So there was, we had to walk a little bit. And it was, like, one one thirty, I don't know. It took us a little while to get to get where we needed to get. And then I was like, Oh, uh, you know what? We should go and do karaoke. Why not? <laughs> this is one thirty in the morning. I didn't go to sleep until like four thirty. I have to wake up at seven thirty because I had a show at like ten thirty in the morning, eleven. But the, in the best morning. karaoke only happens after two AM. No, this that. is like open like all day. They're open <laughs> like almost four hours. It only goes like for an hour and a half to clean and then they open again. So we stay up super late. I woke up. We had a show, and I was the best in the ring. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. You have your MMA debut. We're going to wish you a lot of luck. We're, like I said before, whether you like it or not, we're all coming with you on this journey. And if we want to follow more of this journey of Thunder Rosa, where could we support you on your social media? 
check me out on Sandra Rosa 22 and Instagram and Twitter. And um, like my page on Facebook. Uh, yes, Sandra Rosa 2. You also can support me by buying shirts, hats, pins, stickers, and all kinds of stuff on my Big Cartel page, which will be um, updated pretty soon. And what else? And just like like my stuff, comment. Uh, I like we we like to interact with our fans. And don't forget to watch uh, NWA every Tuesday at six oh five p.m. So keep supporting the product. Make sure you check. Uh, any updates for my fight? My fight will be November 8th and actually will be live on Univision or on the EAVN app, Combate America. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Congratulations on all of the success so far. And I feel like there's going to be so much more in this upcoming year. Thank you so much for joining us. We're not done yet. We still have last call. Ready to stick around for that? Yes. I'm like, my voice is dry. I, I, this is like the most... Um, I've talked in a podcast in a while. <laughs> Hello, guys. This is Thunder Rosa. We had a great interview, but I want you to stay tuned to the end of this episode for the last call. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it through another great episode of A Shot of Wrestling. But just when you think it's done, they bring us back in, and we're still here with our special guest, Thunder Rosa. Welcome to Last Call. It's rapid-fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Yes. Then away we go. What is your spirit animal? Chihuahua. What is your favorite adult beverage? Margarita. What fictional character would you like to face in a wrestling match? Mm, Black Widow. What do you eat on your cheat day? Tons of donuts and Mexican bread. Mm, Who inspires you? My husband. What is the worst job you've ever had? The worst job I ever had? Server. (laughs) What wrestling company has given you the biggest payday? Lucha Underground. What is your go-to karaoke song? Um, Whitney Houston song. Which one is that? The one oh, from Whitney The Bodyguard? Yeah. I will always love you. No, is it? Uh, yes. Yeah, that one that you said. I will always love you by Whitney Houston. I hope that's correct. Uh, what is the best feature on a man? The butt. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? Zach Efron. <laughs> really? Zach Efron. All right, all right. Uh, and yeah. finally, what is the best WrestleMania of all time? The only one that I won, WrestleMania 25. Yo, that was a good one, though. That was a very good one. Uh, thank you, Thunder Rosa, for joining us on this episode of A Shot of Wrestling. And we look forward to seeing a lot more of you, not just in a wrestling ring, but also in MMA. Yeah. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby. But I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. 
authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.